So let's have a little discussion and talk about intermittent fasting. What is intermittent fasting and what are its benefits and how is it used and what are the strategies of intermittent fasting? So I am Shauna King and I'm your holistic nutritionist from Shine Mind Body Spirit and this podcast comes to you with the intent of sharing a uh, process of um, or a practice should I say a health practice of anchoring space in your life of uh, upregulating various systems in the body so there's deep physiological um, health benefits from fasting but this comes to you in the month of intuition and women's intuition and I'm discussing intermittent fasting as a way of uh, lessening the burden of the physical body and creating space for the body to be able to receive information or to be receptive to things that you would otherwise uh, not have the capacity to do so when you're in the depths of metabolizing and assimilating and excreting nutrients, which actually takes up quite a lot of energy. So intermittent fasting is actually really trendy at the moment. It's had a lot of um, airtime, particularly from a doctor called Michael Mosley, who's created a number of um, documentaries and informative um, shows and also podcasts on this. So I recommend his information both in books, audio books and um, his documentary series. I think they were perhaps on the ABC and or SBS and there may be some uploaded into Netflix. The way that he... Um, is suggestive of his information, the way that he frames his information is very user-friendly and very easy to understand, particularly for the layperson who doesn't have a health or medical background. So I really advocate um, using his literature and documentaries as a way of um, expanding your information on, on intermittent fasting. So quite trendy at the moment. Um, it is often used, there are a variety of... of, of um, intentions why people practice intermittent fasting in their life and a couple of those are one of them is to lose weight um, because you are naturally decreasing your calorie intake and decreasing the amount of food that you're eating in a really resourceful way it is also extremely immunomodulating so um, it has a way of resetting various systems in the body and resting various systems in the body that um, are otherwise otherwise um, perhaps incapacitated you're also giving your organ function a rest so you are unburdening the work of the pancreas and the liver and all your secretory organs that are um, that are integral for your digestive processes um, gallbladder duodenum liver in particular you are um, resting any um, damage done to kind of mucosal cells if there is kind of autoimmune or things like ulcerative colitis, ulcers, Crohn's disease, um, where there's actually physical breakdown and wounding of the mucous membranes of the gut. Um, and there are other, evide- other evidence to suggest that just in general, intermittent fasting can be a way of actually improving one's longevity um, because of very physiological um, health benefits associated to that. And there are also many studies that have been done that have shown that there are many powerful effects on your body and brain and 
it's ultimately um, quite a resourceful practice to implement into your health regime. So what is intermittent fasting? So intermittent fasting is a eating pattern that cycles between periods of fasting and eating. Now, even looking back in through history, that you fasting is, and even today, fasting is used as a way of um, is, a, is used as a spiritual practice for many, many, many religions on earth where the philosophy is also governing the ability to lessen the burden of the physical body and therefore bringing one closer to spirit or closer to, to, closer to the language of God. Um, and, I, and I guess that's, that's why I'm doing this short podcast today, if highlighting the the potency of intermittent fasting in enabling your capacity to engage in the sixth sense of intuition because you are um, your energy can be put elsewhere and you are challenging your physical body in a way that is not necessarily challenged in this in this um, kind of demographic of where we live of having access to food 24 7 um, gone with the days where we would naturally have had periods of fasting because of the availability of foraged and hunted food was sparse and much more um, much more strategic in terms of when we ate and when we had periods of um, non-availability to food. So it is mostly intermittent fasting it's not necessarily specifying which foods to eat, but rather when you should eat them. And so it's an eating pattern that cycles between periods of fasting and eating. And common intermittent fasting methods are we've got the 16-hour fast. So we've got a 6-8 fasting pattern where um, you have a period of daytime of eight hours of where you take in nutrients and calories and um, substances and you have a period of 16 hours in that 24-hour cycle where you are fasting or resting the body. And by fasting, I don't mean non-drinking. I mean taking in juices, um, light broths and soups and a lot of hydrating water. So there are various spiritual fasts that involve complete abstinence from all intakes um, and that is the, the rationale behind them is very different um, from creating physiological responses. They are purely spirit, spirit responses and um, the intent of those is the relationship to God and to source. So we're more talking about the physiological um, patterns of fasting here in terms of the methods so we've got the 16-8 fast and that is often done um, twice a week or that's where the evidence lies when that's done six twice a week from a 16 and 8 perspective that's where from a long-term perspective it's a sustainable practice because it's easy to govern during one week of um, life it's easy to maintain consistently throughout a long period of time in your life it's not just a fad um, lifestyle approach it's a lifestyle approach not just a fad approach to diet and it 
um, is quite easy to manage because, you know, in our normal kind of day-to-day Monday to Sunday worlds, we can pick two days a week within those, usually not on a weekend. Usually most people find it effective to do, say, like a Monday and a Thursday and you would have decreased calorie intake. So you can also it can also be framed like the 5-2 diet. So five days of the week, you're eating as you please, and you're eating a kind of a wholesome, well-balanced um, diet. And on two of the seven days, you are having a decreased calorie intake of, say, from 500 to 800 calories, depending on your body size and your uh, physical um, expenditure of energy. So it can either be framed as the 16-8 diet or the 5-2 diet. Um, fasting has been a practice, like I've mentioned, throughout human evolution. Ancient hunters and gatherers didn't have supermarkets or refrigerators and availability to, to food at the drop of a hat. And there would be periods where they wouldn't have anything to eat and they would have a uh, abstinence from food because of environmental factors for days on ends. And as a result, humans evolved to be able to function without food for extended periods of time. And in fact, fasting from time to time is even more natural if you look at it from an ancestral evolutionary point than always eating three to four meals per day. Um, that is not actually how and why our bodies were made the way that they were. So back into a little bit more context about the methods. The 16 to 8 method is also referred to the, as the lean gains protocol and it involves often skipping breakfast or not skipping. I don't like to necessarily use the word skipping. I like to use the word delayed. Um, delaying your intake from the early hours of the morning and restricting your daily eating period to eight hours. So for example, it may be from 12 till 8 p.m. And then you would fast from 8 p.m. to 12 and into the 16-hour cycle. Um, This method is uh, predominantly used for weight loss and there is a lot of evidence to... um, to suggest that this is a very favorable way to lose weight. One does not feel like they're psychologically on a diet as such. It's very easy to abstain from food from those periods of time. Um, and it's more the the, the mental the mental mindset um, change of getting past that conditioned cultural ideal that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Then we've got the eat, stop, eat, which involves the um, fasting for 24 hours, once or twice a week. So actually having full days of fasting. Sometimes people do this for a couple of days. I actually do an eat, stop, eat diet um, because there is benefits for that for me from a physiological point of view because I need to rest the work of my digestive system because I have um, an autoimmune disease that at times um, it needs to be highly managed and highly governed so that I am symptomatic free and my immune system is modulated. So when I stop having an intake of food, I'm basically giving my whole system a rest. I I drink um, strained fiber juices, so I'm actually getting glucose and brain food and carbohydrates, and I'm getting um, 
essential minerals and vitamins, but I am abstaining from the work of my my digestive system quite significantly. And I do this because of the physiological responses and the immunological modulating effects from that. Then there's the 5-2 diet. With this method, you consume only 500 to 600 calories on two consecutive days of the week, like I just suggested before, and you would eat normally for five days. So by reducing your calorie intake, all of these methods should cause weight loss as long as you don't compensate by eating much more during the eating periods. Um, most people find the 16-8 method to be the simplest but often and the most sustainable and the easiest to stick to, but it also enables the process of fasting and, and the experience of fasting um, in your life and and often is the case is that when people start there then they're able to kind of move up into the the 5-2 diet where they would have for a whole 24-hour period very reduced caloric intake and or have eat stop eat fasts where you actually have a day two three four where you're actually fasting um, completely from um, fibrous foods and um, you're just drinking water and juices so it would be remiss of me not to talk about the physiological effects more deeply from fasting before I go into the um, ability that it has of enabling a heightened sense of intuition. So from a physiological point of view, when you fast, the levels of growth hormone, so human growth hormone, actually um, increase significantly and increase as much as fivefold and the benefits of this are fat loss and muscle gain just to name a few then you've got um, its effects on insulin so insulin sensitivity improves and the levels of insulin drop dramatically and lower insulin levels make stored body fat more accessible so therefore you are um, increasing the ability of the body to burn up stored fat there is also, which I spoke about before, and, and my main impetus for fasting is cellular repair and gene expression. So cellular repair, when you're fast, your cells initiate cellular repair processes, and this includes autophagy, where cells digest and remove old and dysfunctional proteins that build up inside cells. And there are also changes in the functions of genes related to longevity and protection against disease. And the changes in hormone levels cell function and gene expression are responsible for the health benefits of intermittent fasting. Weight loss is the most common reason for people to intermittent fast. Um, obviously by eating fewer meals leads to an automatic reduction in calorie intake and um, intermittent fasting also uh, changes hormone levels to facilitate weight loss. The lowering of insulin and increase in growth hormone increases the release of fat-burning hormones, norephedrine or noradrenaline. And because of these changes, short-term fasting increases your metabolic rate by you know, anywhere between uh, 4 to 14%, which is actually considerable. Um, and obviously helping you eat fewer and burn more calories. Intermittent fasting causes weight loss by changing both sides of the calorie equation. Um, Health benefits. So we've talked about weight loss. We've talked about insulin resistance, inflammation. So there are a lot of studies to demonstrate the immunomodulating effects of fasting. 
So you can decrease and reduce markers of inflammation, which are key drivers of many chronic diseases through fasting, particularly probably because of the rest and digest phases that you are in and automatically um, stimulate this uh, the parasympathetic drive of the central nervous system. And because of that, there are a lot of immunomodulating um, mechanisms that kind of come into play. You can also improve your heart health and reduce your LDL cholesterol or blood triglycerides, blood sugar, insulin, all risk factors for heart disease. So they get reduced. And then there are also perceived improvements on um, cancer risks so that there are studies suggestive that intermittent fasting can prevent cancer um, or cellular regeneration or cellular um, dysfunction. We also um, know that intermittent fasting can increase uh, brain health or brain um, brain, how do I frame that? Yeah, brain health by increasing a hormone in the brain that aids in growth of new nerve cells. So there is a perceived protection against Alzheimer's disease and other neurological diseases. And that's also um, can extend the lifespan and improve longevity by, you know, considerable amounts. So Intermittent fasting isn't for everybody. If you're underweight or have a history of eating disorders, then fasting can be problematic and um, you should always seek the uh, advice of a health professional first if you fall into those categories and also if you are pregnant. Um, So intermittent fasting also provides us an opportunity to improve our intuition around what our body is wanting and needing and what are we doing subconsciously in terms of throwing food down our gullet, so to speak. So when we have periods of intermittent fasting, we're clearing the way, we're taking energy that would be otherwise spent on eating and having it available to us to be used in different ways. And what happens when we do this is that our heightened availability to our other senses improves and can, can clear the way, so to speak, on, on having, having another available part of ourselves in a whole new way. It also enables our our reconditioning of our behaviours around why and how and what we're eating. So we start to perhaps learn our cues on, on um, or an observation on perhaps we're eating when we're not necessarily hungry. We're just eating because we're eating because we're conditioned to. And this brings me into moving into the principles of intuitive eating, which is an approach to health and food that has nothing to do with diets, meal plans, discipline and willpower. 
And intermittent fasting has the ability to tap into this kind of knowing in this intuitive sense, teaching us of getting in touch with our bodies and the cues of our bodies for hunger, for fullness and satisfaction, and learning to trust your body around food again. Um, there is a load of science behind uh, intuitive eating and the difference between there is a difference between intuitive eating and mindful eating so intuitive eating is an approach that was um, you know created I don't know it's kind of always been around I guess but but the label of intuitive eating maybe has been around for about 20 years and which is a non-diet approach to health and wellness of tuning you into your body signals, breaking the cycle of chronic dieting and healing relationships with food. And I really do believe that if intermittent fasting is used resourcefully, um, not as a way of, um, of control, controlling intake, if it's used in a way of, of understanding the deep physiological and spiritual aspects of what intermittent fasting can bring in your life, then this also brings in, in the concepts of intuitive eating, which is a framework that helps us keep nutrition behavior focused instead of being restrictive or rule focused. Um, we were born intuitive eaters, so babies, when you're born and you're sovereign, um, they, they get hungry and call out for food. And then when they're settled and they've eaten, they will be settled and then the cycle will continue again. And then kids innately balance out their food intake from week to week, tend to graze when they're hungry um, and aren't conditioned around all the behaviours that we associate to when's the right time to eat. Um, when shouldn't we be eating, and so forth and so forth. So intuitive eating isn't a diet. It's actually quite the opposite. It's not counting calories, macros, micros, having food limitations. Um, it's about connecting into the body, using your intuition to guide you into what the body is requiring nutritionally, also having a connection to nature and knowing that nature and the environment that exists external from you is also stimulating what's required from the internal environment. Um, you are relearning to eat outside of the diet mentality and putting focus on your internal cues like hunger, fullness, satisfaction and moving away from food rules and restrictions it's not a hunger fullness diet it's more an unconditional permission to eat without feeling guilty and eat um, with a with a with a deep mindfulness on what's right for your body at that given time in that given moment so let's finish up this discussion about just some principles of intuitive eating that um, the intent of getting to that point is usually built through practices of intermittent fasting where you're able to uncondition or decondition your behaviours around eating. So reject the diet mentality, uh, honour your hunger, uh, make peace with food. Your food is your fuel and challenge the food police so you know challenge what is good and what is bad um, 
when you're eating um, and challenge the rules around when to eat and what to eat. Feel into your fullness. Discover your satisfaction factor. So instead of being physically full and stopping after you've eaten the plate of food, be mindful whilst you're eating and understand where your satiety reach is levelled and your satisfaction reach is. Uh, cope with your emotions without using food as a crux to emotional um, counselling of the self and respect your body. Exercise and feel the difference on when the body energistically is requiring fuel for maintaining maintaining its level of energy and at the end of the day honor your health with gentle appropriated nutrition um, food is your medicine and medicine is your full food and your body is your temple that governs your earthbound experience that carries the essence of you treat it kindly find the respect that your body deserves and honor your experiences in this life through the fuel that you offer your body. I wish you all well, take it easy and eat well.